Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. Uh, my name is Joel Berry. I'm helping out this morning. And I, I wanted to draw your attention to uh, something you should have received in your program when you came in real quick, the uh, connection card. It looks like this. And every week we ask people to fill one of these connections cards out. It's your way of letting us know that you're here, but also you can sign up for events and um, request prayer and those types of things. So I just wanted to draw your attention at the front end of the service to just take a moment to fill that out. And then later when we receive the offering, you can just drop that in there. And there's also, you'll see that QR code if you'd rather fill it out digitally. I'm not going to try to say that word again, but you know what I mean. Um, you can do it through your phone and through the app there. And then also uh, inside that program, there is a listening guide, and you can follow along today if you would like, if that's helpful, and, there, and you should have received a pen too, so taking notes, um, that may be helpful as well. And there's verses there that you can reference throughout the week ahead. Um, so that's for you as well, the listening guide. So uh, that's that as we get started. Like I said, my name is Joel. Pastor Alex and uh, his wife and his sons are up in Chico uh, this weekend. They've been there for a few days. Pastor Alex was speaking to a college ministry up there, and so they'll be traveling back soon. But um, we're continuing this message series called Running on Empty uh, that started a few weeks ago. Today, we're looking at rethinking productivity. And uh, one of the things that's come up, you know, living in this world and, and restlessness, and we find ourselves restless, and we're always rushing uh, to the next thing, there's this idea, like Pastor Alex talked about last week, of slowing down. One thing he mentioned that stuck with me was the, the more rushed you are and the hurried, more hurried your life is, the more you find yourself saying no to people or things or opportunities. But the more you slow down, you can see the opportunities in front of you and you have, you have the ability and opportunity to say yes to it. And so that's kind of resonated with me of just being present. I don't know about you, but uh, there's a lot going on in life and in the world and, and it's hard to be present. I can easily look past the person in front of me that's trying to relate to me to my next task. And that, over time, can have serious consequences in our ability to focus, in our ability to engage, and to really relate to other people. So the good news is, Pastor Alex mentioned that uh, Jesus is the answer, right? He's mentioned this, you know, that Jesus, a relationship with him, gives us the help, the life, the peace, the, the ability to relate. What we want to unpack over the next couple of weeks are what uh, we call spiritual disciplines. Like, well, okay, Jesus is the answer, but I've got a life to live, and I've got situations that come up and people to handle, and I don't see how that connects. You know, Jesus is here, and my real life is over here, and how do, how do those dots connect? And so we, we want to look at that uh, today as we unpack uh, rethinking productivity. Specifically, we're looking at uh, reading the Bible, uh, looking at the Word of God and what that means in 1963, a movie came out called Charade. It starred Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but in my defense, it's been out since 1963, so you guys, you've had some time to check it out. But I will say, at the beginning of that movie, um, the answer, what people are looking for, what people are trying to find in this film, it's kind of shown to everyone. The audience doesn't know it. The protagonists in the film, they don't know it yet. And it's kind of one of those things like what you need is in plain sight, but you don't see it. So they go through this whole drama and, and stuff, and then they, oh, it's been here all along. The reason I say that is sometimes I look at uh, Scripture like that. The Bible, we're like, I know the Bible. I've read the Bible. I've thought about reading the Bible. I know where it's at. It has good things in it. But we dismiss it early on, it, early on in a conflict, early on in life, and we think, yeah, that's there, 
but what does it pertain? And then we go through all this drama, and we end up, oh, here it is. So what we want to be reminded of today is that there's answers for us, and there's real help, real help for us as we dig in and look in the scriptures. Now, I grew up in Arkansas. I'm just going to wander over here. Felt a little cramped. Um, and every summer, just about every summer growing up in Arkansas, my family would go to a church camp in New Mexico. And I don't know how old I was. I was not in diapers. I couldn't drive a car somewhere in between there. I don't know. What is that? Five to seven years old. And uh, about that age, we were there one summer, and we got to camp that morning, or that day, whatever, and uh, the teacher, like, enthusiastically told us that we were going to go on a hike later in the week, like Thursday or Friday, and I had a pretty vivid imagination, so what I saw in my head was me hanging off the side of a mountain trying to climb up, like, in peril, and that's what I thought. So all week, I'm like, ah man, I, I don't know how to get back to Arkansas from here. I'm going to have to, like, face this come Thursday. Like, we're going to go on a hike, and I, I'm not really equipped. I don't know how. I haven't been trained in hiking. I'm a kid. You know, I'm a little guy. And so none of my other classmates seemed worried about this, and I was, like, having a hard time. And so Thursday came, and they were all excited about this hike. And I'm like, man, I think we're, gonna, we're all going to die today. Like, I, I really was like, what is going on? So I'm worked up all week long, and then... This church camp, you know, there's a lot of wilderness and trees and scenery and beauty, but there's a lot of paved roads to get you around, you know, to the snack bar and cafeteria and all these different things. And so we get on this hike, and all of a sudden I realize, you know, we're walking and walking. I'm realizing, oh, this is the hike. Like, like the road's paved, a little inclined, but I was never hanging off the side of a mountain. There wasn't too much trouble, and I'm like, man, we're going to make it through this, guys. This, this is all right. I mean, this, they didn't steer us wrong here. And I also think about looking at the Word of God sometimes as anticipating, if I get into the Word of God, it's going to be this and that and this. It's going to be, it's going to be too hard. It's going to be a mess. I'm just not going to do it, right? We can really work ourselves up, talk ourselves out of just the opportunity to get in the Word of God because we've already answered how, how hard or difficult or whatever it's going to be. So we really want to like kind of put away those myths or, or those things that can keep us from it and really see what it looks like. So this morning, what we're going to do is spend a little bit of time on why we don't, because I don't think that's a hard question to crack. We can all give reasons why we don't spend time with God reading the Word, uh, and then why we, why we should, why it's a good thing and the, and the benefits of it. Um, I, I, had a, I was on the phone with a friend recently, and they had someone very close to them lose a child. Their child died. And uh, as I was talking to this friend, they were telling me that the parent, you know, had really gotten into bitterness and anger, which as I ran the scenario, I'm thinking, that's, that'd probably be the direction I would run initially when a tragedy strikes, like, why me? Who's responsible for this? I'm upset. I'm bitter. And then my friend said, but this parent, they've got family around. They're keeping themselves pretty busy. And as long as they stay busy... They don't have to, you know, settle into that. And I think that can be a tendency, too, with the Word of God, because uh, for a couple of reasons. If we head down a road, for instance, of bitterness or anger, um, that can get pretty comfortable, or actually we can feel like we, are, we need to hold on to that to, to cope with the tragedy that we've experienced. It isn't true, but it can really feel that way. And as they go down that road, they're, they're busy. So sometimes it's not like, I'm so busy, I can't spend time with God. It's like, I keep myself busy 
so I don't have to spend time in the Word, because what if I read something that I don't want to hear, like, hey, let go of your anger, or hey, let go of your bitterness, and then how do I do that? So there's all kinds of things, and you can probably come up with your own list. Like I said, we're going we're gonna to get into that in just a little bit, but uh, we want to make sure that we're getting into the Word, and that's a hard thing to do, because you today and me today are, are dealing with stuff. You've got burdens. You've got some things, some weeks, some days, it's just, it's heavy. It's heavy on us. It could be, if you're a youth or a teenager and you live at home, it could be like you're in a season of life you've never been in before, or you're not sure that your parents understand you or how to relate to them. If you're a parent, you're like, I'm not sure how to parent. Or, I mean, if it's little kids, you're just like, can I get a nap in the next decade? You know, there's just things that you're hoping that you can get, get with, and it's hard. And so parenting can be hard. Being a kid can be hard. Uh, you may be married, and you're trying to figure that out. Like, well, it was good in the beginning, and now it's just, it's hard, or it's, it's a grind, or it's a work, or I don't know if we're communicating. I don't know if we're on the same page. How did this happen? Or you're divorced, and you're like, that wasn't the plan, and that's heavy, and you're dealing with maybe regret or shame or like, why did I do it in the first place, or why didn't we stay together, or you're single, and you're like, I want to date and why isn't that happening? And these things are all very real and heavy. Or you may be married and you don't have kids and you want kids. And, and, and that's heavy. And I'm not crying because I can't. I have, I have three kids. I, it's, but these things are very, they're, sorry, they're very heavy things. And, and what I want us to realize as we get in today is that whatever you're going through, it's very real to you. Uh, your finances, where'd the money go, or the job. I got one, but not. I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to have another one. Something different, please. Um, and all of that is, that's where you're at. And, and that's okay. What I want to get into, and that's going to be the first point, I think we're finally launching into this listening guide I mentioned earlier, is, um, can we bring up that first point? Are we there? God's word uh, can speak to us exactly where we are. So what we want to do is take the disconnect from God is, the Bible is true and God is good and this is right to this is my life and I feel like it's a mess and I don't see how that relates to this, but it does. And so the one thing we want to get clear between our ears as we get started today is that God's word can speak to us exactly where we are. This is the truth. This is actually the truth. Um, let's look at Hebrews 4. I think you'll see that up here, and you'll see it in the listening guide, too, if that's easier. Uh, For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. There's a lot in that. One thing that we can see here, and I want us to be clear on this morning, is that the Word of God speaks to any person in any season in any generation in the history of the world, past, present, future. There's no technology that will ever be invented that will make this not true or not helpful or not applicable. God's word has a way, because it's living and active, it's not dead and archaic, of speaking to us and getting right to the heart of where we are, where you are and where I am. And as we get into that, it can sometimes bring up things in our hearts and minds that are like, ah, I don't want to look at that, and I sure not want anyone else to know that's there. And what it does is it helps unroot the the things that shouldn't be there and replace them with the right things. And God's Word, God is faithful to do this, and His Word is very much 
living and active and able to actually pierce uh, to the very core of who we are. And another, this isn't on this listening guide, but be intentional. If you, you may want to write that down today, but being intentional is very key in getting the word of God in your life. I don't have to, to tell you that. You know that most things in life, if, if, you don't, if you're not intentional about them, they don't, they don't happen. I remember sitting in on a, I was working at a school years ago, and I was sitting in on a science class, and the teacher actually told the kids, you know, evolution, these t- the, the theory of evolution, it's like the computers today. The computers today aren't the ones there were, you know, 30 years ago. And I thought in my head, I'm like, that's not evolution. Uh, if you put a 1984 computer in a closet, and 40 years later you unlock that closet, it's not a MacBook Pro now. It's not an iMac. It's, it's a computer. Because all those computers were intelligently designed intentionally because we were created by a, a God who is intelligent and we are created in his image, so we go and create. And so we create things, and they become something else because we've had to intentionally design them. We didn't just lock them up, and all of a sudden they became something else. And I say that because we serve an intentional God. And if God is intentional and he does things on purpose, uh, we need to, too. I don't know if you have a bedroom or a garage or a car, but none of those things clean themselves. Not at my house. And so all of a sudden, if I'm going to like get a handle on any of those, I have to be intentional about it. And I don't know what your garage goals are. Mine are, if I just need to, I need to be able to park the cars in there. And yours may be different. It's like, I just don't want to buy a storage unit. So we're going to, you know, whatever it is, but, um, or two storage units. You know, you, you, you get, we all got our goals. So mine is, I want to, I want to park the cars in there. And sometimes I can, but then it's like, oh gosh, how do I get out of the car? I got to roll the window down and like crawl over the other one to get to my but I, but I got the cars in, you know, and there's been many times where, you know, we're in the driveway with my family and I'm like, okay, everybody out, this is not going to happen. You know, you, you get out, you get in the house and then I'll make sure this car gets in there somehow. Um, but the only way that I'm even keeping that much room in my garage is intentionality. I have to intentionally choose to do that. And it's the same with getting into the word of God. If I don't have a plan, and I've heard a mentor say, if it's not in your schedule, it's not in your life. If you don't plan to do it, it's not going to happen. It's good to talk about, but if you really want to see it happen, it's got to be worked in, into our life. And so we, we have to have a plan for that. So let's, let's look. I should probably check out my notes. Um, yeah, so we're getting into uh, why don't we read the Bible? And some of this stuff is, uh, I already am into my notes, by the way. Please don't be concerned. I, I'm there. Um, why don't we read the Bible? Okay, the first one is time. And I just listed these general, when I was working on this uh, message, I thought, these, what are the first few that come to my mind? You may have different ones, but this may be something that you can relate to. So one is time, it's like, I'm busy, I'm busy. Now, I, I go to the gym sometimes, not every day, but I've never gone to the gym and it's been completely empty. There are people in this world that make time every day that I'm there, uh, to go to the gym. I don't know. It's a priority for them for some reason. I don't think any of them are getting paid to be there. Well, the people that work there. But you know what I mean. And then sometimes I'll leave the gym and I'll go to Costco. You know how many times I'm the only person at Costco gas? Not often. People make time. They figure out a way to work that into their schedule. And I'll drive home by coffee shops, and there's all these cars in the drive through People are making time for coffee. People will probably be late for work. 
waiting in line for coffee. I'm like, hey, man, I, I, you're, you're going to be glad I got this coffee. I would have been, it would have been hard today. So the thing is, you and I make time for what we want to make time for. And I was uh, in undergrad in, in college. I was a psychology major, and I was taking a class called group dynamics. And one day, the professor's like, hey, I'm not going to be here next class. You guys just figured out. So we did. We had class and discussion. He came back the next class, and he said, hey, what did you guys talk about? And so people are talking about what we talked about. And he's like, what did you talk about, Joel? And I was like, well, I, you know, they were talking about this, and I was just listening to them. And, I, I, you know, I, I, they were talking. He goes, no, that's not why you didn't participate. I'm like, okay. He goes, you didn't want to participate. And I was like, what? He goes, if you didn't say anything, it's because you didn't want to say anything. So that's, that's the answer. And that seemed pretty simple, but it was pretty profound because the rest of my life I'm like, okay, if I didn't do something, I really just didn't want to do it. And, and that's the bottom line. So if I don't take time to read the Bible, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, I might have had the intentions of like, I really want to read it. That's a good idea. It's probably helpful, but I don't see that it's going to impact my life. And that's, that's the thing. What I say is, I mean, I don't want to oversimplify this. You and I do things every day we don't really want to do, but we know it's right, whether it's go to work, get up, clean the house, make room in the garage. But it's because we see the greater reward. If I do this now, it's going to make it easier on me later, or it's going to bless other people, or it's going to serve other people. And so, that's what we're talking about here with the time. Uh, if I make this time, I believe that it's going to pay off later. I doubt any of us will die and on our deathbed, so it's before we've died, uh, say, I regret how much time I spent reading the Bible. Gosh, if only I'd played a few more video games or watched a little more Netflix or just scrolled on my phone a couple more hours, then I could die happy. I just don't think that's going to happen. Now, I don't know. I'm not in our hearts and minds, but I feel like at the end of it all, we're not going to regret the time we spend in Scripture. I know that's been the case for me in my life so far. As I've read the Word, there's been high value in it. So let's look at the other thing. The next one is difficult to focus, as I put my glasses on. Um, so there was a book that Pastor Alex has mentioned called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. He's mentioned it the last couple of weeks. I'll mention it again today. Um, it's available to download, to listen to. If you're driving this summer and want to listen to it, but it, in this book, the author says there is a study that the attention span of people, the average attention span of people is now eight seconds. The average attention span of a goldfish, nine seconds. So what that means is if you and I got in a staring contest with a goldfish, the goldfish would win, and it's not because we blinked, it's because we lost interest. We're just looking at them, like, oh, I'm done with this, and then the goldfish wins, and that's the attention span of a goldfish. Now, what I, what, the reason, it, it's just difficult to focus. We live in a world where we're constantly getting more information. Now, I don't want it to be like, okay, well, eight seconds, now all is lost, what do we do? Um, it goes back to intentionality. You and I can intentionally focus if we want to. And we can ask God to help. I mean, some, for, so for some of us, it's more of a struggle for sure than others, uh, the focus thing. But God can meet us where we are and help us focus. And it's building new habits and new reflexes. And God has been faithful in my life to help me with that. Uh, the last one here, why don't we uh, read the Bible? It's hard to understand. You know, and, and we kind of answered the question like I did on my hike. Like, it's going to be this way. I don't want to do this. Um, it's hard to understand. I won't get it. And so what do I do? And we're going to be talking the, this week and next week a little bit about 
how to get into these things. But um, you can ask for help. You can ask for, for help, and you can also, from people here at Ridgeview, you can even put it on your connection card. I need help just knowing where to start in the Bible. Um, Psalms, Pastor Alex recommended that, book of Psalms, book of Proverbs, uh, the book of John, those are great places to start. Um, but maybe you can relate to this. I just, I just don't know what it's talking about. Don't let that get in the way. God can help you. The Spirit of God helps give clarity on, on the Scripture as well as uh, others that may be farther along that have had experience, you know, walking with God and, and reading too. So, uh, And the other one, there's a little blank on your, um, there's just extra space below the hard to understand on your listening guide. There may be something else that, that uh, keeps you from reading the Bible. You may want to write that down just to see it written out, like this is, this is why I'm not doing it. Um, so you want to think about those things. But the, the goal today isn't to spend time on why we don't, because like I said, I really think we know. You know why you don't. I know why I don't. And so now we want to look at why. What is the value of spending time in the Word of God? Um, so let's look at that. Why read the Bible? Uh, it provides an anchor. Now, an anchor, I'm, I'm no, uh, you know, sailor, but I do know that an anchor stabilizes a boat and it keeps it in one spot. And the value of staying in one spot and being anchored is that you don't drift off and you're not carried away. And how that applies to life is that we're not carried away by fear. We're not carried away by worry. We're not carried away by bitterness, by anger, by despair, by depression, by discouragement. Uh, fill in the blank whatever it is, uh, the, the, the scripture anchors and says, no, this is the truth. And what happens, the way we lose ground spiritually is that we start believing lies and we uh, stop believing the truth. And it can happen over time, like erosion, like you just start believing that uh, you can't do anything right. It's actually not true. Uh, you're created in the image of God. God loves you. Uh, you have a purpose. And uh, you we're all designed to be in relationship with God and to know Him. And because of that, one way we get to know Him is to know the Scripture. So it does provide an anchor. Um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, has these verses you've probably heard, you may have heard before. They've been a real help in my life. Uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. So uh, if you can, if you've got a pen, underline nothing uh, on that verse. Uh, be anxious for nothing. So that if you think of the, uh, an umbrella with the word nothing on it, everything that falls under that umbrella is stuff you should be anxious about. And according to Scripture, that space should be empty underneath the umbrella of nothing. That's, that's your list of anxieties. Now, are you tempted to worry? Am I tempted to worry? Do we worry? Do we get worked up? Do we get anxious? Do we fret? Yes. That's why we have to be reminded not to. But Scripture says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything. I like you circle the word everything, but in everything. So you think of, uh, oh, what, what does that entail? Well, everything. Your finances, yes. Your marriage, yes. Your kids, yes. Your garage, yes. All of the things, right? So be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Uh, how do we pray? With thanksgiving. Hearts of gratitude. You can't be cynical and grateful at the same time. So if you find yourself becoming more grateful and listing the things that you're thankful for, you'll find cynicism starting to uh, lessen in your life, uh, if you are cynical. Uh, let your requests be made known to God. Let the, he wants to hear from us. So, so uh, let him know. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So there's a lot to cling through here. And it, I, I encourage you to, to memorize this verse because the value of an anchor is having it on you when you need it. Uh, if you're in a boat and you've got the anchor but you never drop it, uh, it's really not being used. And so the idea is if you know the word, when anxiety comes and difficulty comes, you can drop that anchor and you're not going to drift in to fear and worry and anxiety. And if you do, you keep battling and bringing it back. And in the fall, uh, this past fall, my brother, my only brother, he's a couple years older than me, uh, was in ICU for 34 days with an abscess in his brain. And he got healed him. He's good. He's out. Uh, January, they did an MRI of his brain. They said, your brain, the abscess is completely gone. So we were very grateful for for that. And then fast forward to March, just a few months ago, I get uh, uh, a text, two in the morning. Uh, your, your brother's in the hospital. Uh, he had a seizure, um, had a couple seizures, one, one at a birthday party, and then he got driven to the hospital and had another one at the hospital. And uh, that's all we know. Okay, well, what do I do? It's two in the morning. My wife wakes up. What's going on? Well, this is all I know. And now you're, you may have been there before. You get some information, and you realize what's true all the time, but sometimes you realize it more, which is, I'm not in control, and there's nothing I can do to impact the situation. And it's a, it's a pretty terrible feeling, especially if you like control. It's hard to think, yeah, I can't do anything here. You know, visiting hours weren't till 9. I wasn't going to be able to get in touch with my brother, go there, and do anything. So we got 2 a.m. to 9 a.m. to do something. And so I thought of these verses, and I started quoting them over and over and over. Just, you know, walking through that, be anxious for nothing. And I, I, would, I would stop, and I would, I would think about it and, and believe it, and just keep praying it and praying it. And I don't know what time it was. I got some sleep, so praise the Lord. I wasn't up the whole time. And then at the end, uh, the peace of God, that it, it, I experienced this peace that was like, it's okay. Like, I don't know the answer, I don't know the outcome, but there was real peace. And what happened was, this verse went from true, yeah, that's true, to real. And that's really what we want to understand is that the Bible isn't a novel to be read, it's actually a guide to be followed, it's a map. And so if we take this and we pull out this map when we need it, and every day, so that when we do need it, we already know how to access it, uh, we find real help. And I really did, I experienced a peace and I was able to sleep, and I got up the next morning. I was like, okay, I've got to start calling family. We re- there's a lot of unknowns. Then my brother calls me. Hey, how's it going? I'm like, how, how, how's it going with me? How's it going with you? You're, you're, you're the one that had a rough night, I think. And, uh, you know, anyways, he, he had some more. He wasn't quite out of the woods, but he is much better now, and he's home and all that. So that's, I didn't want to leave that story hanging, but that wasn't the purpose of the whole story. The purpose was when we encounter uh, anxiety and difficulty, uh, where do we turn? And the Bible can be an anchor. Uh, then the next point here, it can be an anchor, and it can also be a, it gives direction. So just like a map in the middle of your life, in the middle of my life, in the middle of our circumstances, we gain direction. Now, for me, there are some, I mentioned the book of Proverbs earlier. There's a couple verses I'll share with you. They're not on the screen, but um, I can give you their, uh, you know, where to find them in the Bible. Uh, Proverbs 17, 27, you can write that down if you'd like. 
that says, uh, he who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. That's been helpful to me because there's people everywhere. I don't know about you, but there's people all over the place in my life. I see them at the gas station, the gym, the coffee shop, Costco. And sometimes you want to say something, or social media. That's a whole other story. But God has, you know, when you're in these situations, like, what do I say? How do I handle this? Well, if the Bible is our guide, that's where we go. And the Bible says, he who restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. If you have a cool spirit, you're, you're, you're relaxed, you're calm, you're not rushed, you're not hurried, uh, like Pastor Alex talked about last week, but you're, you're in the moment, you're present, and you're trusting God, things go better, right? Have you ever done anything out of anger? How did that go? You, you found yourself like unpacking it the rest of the day. I'm sorry to you, I'm sorry to you, I shouldn't have done that, I've got to make that right, here goes this. Uh, so the Bible gives real help in the moment. Not just with anger, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that may be verses you've heard before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, on your own rationale, how you think things should work. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He'll make your paths straight. Isn't that what we want? Like, where am I going? Where's my career going? Where's my marriage going? Where's my life going? Where should I move? Who should I, what house should I live in or apartment should I rent? Where should I be? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, similar to Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where it says, uh, in everything, you know, we're praying, we're bringing everything to God. What part of my heart? All of it. Trust God with all of your heart and do not lean on what you understand. Well, I think if I told them this, I sure would feel better, but that's your own understanding. But if you trust God to restrain your words in that moment, you may find blessing and you avoid a lot of trouble. Uh, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. That's what we're trying to figure out. Where's the direct, where's the route to go here so that I can get where I want to go and the, the life for me? Well, the life for you and the life for me is obedience to God. He created us, so he knows exactly what is best for us and where we can be most useful in your gifting, in your talents, in your abilities, and so he can be trusted. The Bible gives directions. That's, that's another reason we read it. Let's look at this third one here. It strengthens your resolve. So you're heading a direction. You decide this is the right way to head. This is true. I'm going to live this way. And then two days go by, and you're tired of that. And it's not easy, and it's kind of a grind, and it's a little mundane, not too glamorous. And you need to be reminded in the truth, which is the Bible, of, of how to how to handle that. Uh, So there's a verse here in Psalms 37. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil desires. Uh, So those first two words, it's kind of hard. Be still. I'm I'm not great at that. I'm good at naps. I am good at naps, like if I get a chance, but those are hard too. Um, but just to be still before the Lord, to listen and wait patiently. I think there's a reason it says how to wait. Have you ever waited impatiently? I have. You know, you just got, the, oh, okay. Is anybody going to move this line? 
uh, you know, forward a little bit? Who's, who's in charge here? There's a way to wait impatiently. Waiting doesn't always signify that you're patient. Sometimes you have to, DMV, whatever, right? But we be, we're to be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. That doesn't feel like we're doing stuff. If you're like me, I want to know, what do I do? How can I get this done? How can I move us on to the next thing to get going here? And if God says, mm, just wait, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good, but you're going to have to wait. I'm like, well, that doesn't feel like I am impacting this situation. But the truth is, Scripture is true. A prayer, actually, God uses it. I don't understand completely how. We're going to talk about prayer next week. But he uses that to impact people and change things. And prayer doesn't seem too glamorous. And it's usually done in private where you don't feel like you're making a big impact. But as we do this, we can find ourselves calming down, trusting God, and being at peace. And God uses this to help us, the example that we set. Um, and then you see, like, uh, you know, Scripture is very good about getting to the heart of matters, you know, like Hebrews 4 that we started on today, which is fret not yourself. Why do they have to tell us not to fret? Because that's what we do. We get worked up. I can't believe they're getting ahead. That guy should not be doing that. He should, he couldn't, how, how does he get away with that? And so, oh, you're looking at people that are prospering, it seems, and you're, you're, you're worked up over them and people that are carrying out evil schemes and devices and we're mad and we're upset. And all the while, all that does, in my experience, is help me mistreat the people that are in front of me today and that God has given me uh, my stewardships, my kids, my wife, people that I work with where I'm impatient with them because I'm mad about somebody over here doing things that I can't control, uh, Scripture addresses that. There's real help uh, for us to anchor to the Scripture, not just say, yeah, that's a good idea, somebody should do that, but for us to do that. And that's actually how uh, families change and neighborhoods change and cities change and states change and countries change and the world changes. But it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with me fighting for that time to know what the truth is, and asking God, will you help me figure out how to live this out? And that's why we do church together. That's why we live in community together, because we're not meant to figure this out on our own and live on our own. And that's why our church can impact this community and this city and this state and this country. It's the truth. And so if these things are true, then there's a way that we should be living. And that's like getting into the Word, knowing the Word, and, and learning how to live it out. So those are the three that are, are really helpful, and hopefully uh, we're up against it, so we're going to wrap up soon. But the last thing here is that God will speak to you. Maybe you don't believe this, but I just want you to hear that today. As you read the Bible, God will speak to you. And like I said, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a book just to be read like a novel. It is a, is a guide and a map, and it's not just a book. It's actually a library. It's 66 books uh, make up the, the Bible. And God will use that uh, to speak to you. Um, so maybe you have dismissed the word, you know, like in the movie Charade with Audrey Hepburn and Cary Grant, where you're like, nah, I, I saw that, but I, that can't be the answer. That can't be the help I need. I'm going to figure it out over here. I think, I think the culture, I think movies, I think social media, I think my parents, I think all these people probably have better answers. I found a good blog, good 
a good influencer to follow. Well, um, I would encourage you to come back to the Word of God and find, find help there. And then maybe uh, you're like me and, you know, you're looking at the Word of God like I was looking at that hike and you feel like, I, I, I know what's there and I don't want to get into it. Maybe you do, but I would venture to say uh, there is real help and you're going to be surprised by how God speaks to you through the Word as you choose to get into it on your own. So I want to invite the band back up. There are a few next steps that uh, I want to walk through as we wrap up here. Uh, things that you can be doing this week, uh, maybe one or all of these, or maybe there's something else that God has has used today to speak to you. But um, schedule 10 minutes a day to read the Bible this week. I don't know how you schedule things. If you have a day planner, have a phone, wherever you put those things, but Wherever you remember that you have something to do, I would encourage you to schedule that in, and that may be taking time to look at where do I have 10 minutes? If I don't, when am I getting up earlier, or when am I staying up later? So you just you fight for it. Uh, so that's, that's an option. Uh, the next one is uh, read Psalm 37 this week. I shared one verse about being still and waiting patiently and not fretting over evil doers. It's a great chapter, Psalms 37. Uh, is a great chapter, so that may be where you want to start this week, spending time in the Word. And you may stop after two or three verses, and God speaks to you, and you just want to kind of spend time like meditating, chewing on that for the week. Maybe you don't get through the whole chapter, but that's that's a thought. Uh, and then finally, come back next week, which uh, we're going to be talking. Uh, we talked about the spiritual discipline of uh, getting into the Word, rethinking productivity today. That actually making time for that helps all these other areas and arenas of life better. Um, and then next week, we're going to be talking about prayer and the value of that. So hopefully, this has been a help to you today. Um, I do encourage you to, to um, if you've taken notes, to, to put them in a place where you'll be able to see them and access them this week. Um, if you didn't, but you've got the listening guide, you'll see verses there that you could reference this week. But, uh, but I encourage you to um, take time to get into the Word for yourself this week. Uh, will you pray with me as we... Uh, wrap up here. God, thank you for this time together today. And as we look ahead at our week, we, we know that there's a lot on our plate. And we just pray, God, that before it all, we would give you uh, the time and really be still and quiet and, and, and really fight to, to hear from you and to get into your word and apply it. And we thank you for your goodness and your kindness to us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.